to happen soon for Baylor if it's going to happen at all. With the 12th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Utah Jazz select Torian Prince from Baylor University. Prince will put it up. And a three for the lead! Torian Prince! What's up, everybody? Not My House is in your house. This is Eric, your host, with co-host right next to me, Zach. What's going on today, my friend? Hey, you know, I'm excited today. We got the dad of one of my favorite players of all time in the house, and I can't wait to pick his brain because we never get to have the fathers of current athletes on the pod. No, absolutely not. And hopefully this becomes a trend because, you know what, this gentleman I know is going to bring it today. He's the father of the Brooklyn Nets star, Torian Prince. His story is incredible. Their story is incredible, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Mr. Anthony Prince, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, sir. Glad to be on your show. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. So we've read and heard all about your story with you and Torian. Um, we can't wait to dive into that, but we first want to get to know about you. Where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Oh, my goodness. I grew up in West Texas, Odessa, Texas, born and raised. Uh, I call myself a Texas mutt. You know, I was born in Odessa, raised in uh, McKamey, Texas, Fort Stockton, Texas, in junior high, uh, high school in San Angelo, Texas. And uh, I had a great life. My, I was raised by my mother, single mom. Uh, she did as best as she could do while, while here on this earth. And uh, I, I think she did quit pretty well. I can put a few words together and most of the time I can be respectful. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what? You bring up a good point about Texas, too, because, I mean, obviously you'd have to be a dummy to not know it's so large, you know, look at looking at a map. But there's a lot of spots in Texas in terms of like hotbeds, especially for football, you know, high school, college football. It's insane. Pro basketball. I mean, you got three teams for pro basketball in the state. So it's not like you're from Texas. You root for one team. There's many right. pockets, you know, people don't understand that, you know, I mean, we, we're out here in Reno. So most people root for the Kings or they root for, or, or, well, not anymore, really the Kings, sorry, Kings fans. They root mostly for Golden State nowadays, but, but it's, it's kind of a big place. So one of my first questions to you would be, what was the sports you got, you got into at first when you were younger? Football. Yeah. Football, 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 diehard <laughs> Texas football, Odessa, Permian type football, <laughs> Friday night lights football. I tried to go for basketball and my coach, my coach told me I needed to stick to football. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I knew you were going to say that too. I was telling Zach and I'm like, I'm like, man, you got to understand Texas high school football is no joke. I mean, it's like they draw bigger than most pro teams nowadays. It's insane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell, you know, do, do me a favor. Tell the listeners a little about how big Friday night lights is. Um, we're talking high school football with a stadium, uh, that's most universities would love to have, uh, filled every Friday night, um, Abilene High, Abilene Cooper, San Angelo, Texas, Odessa High, Odessa Permian, uh, Midland High, Midland, uh, Midland, you had another Midland team. So all of those towns are within two hours of each other. And myself, playing high school, playing football in San Angelo, we went eight and two, three years in a row. Odessa High, <laughs> Permian, 
always kicked our butt. They just had a heck of a, a heck of a team. And we're talking where college is recruited. You know, it, it took a long time for people to find out that at that time, high schools were recruiting big time. And being that Odessa is uh, the premium base in the all country, uh, it didn't take much to make sure that families were taken well care of when it came to playing football and recruiting and et cetera. But uh, Friday nights in, in West Texas, it's the thing. Period, Texas, it is the thing. Unless you're in Houston, uh, maybe Dallas-Fort Worth, you might hear about basketball. But in, in West Texas, you don't hear about too many people getting scholarships to go play basketball, but you hear a lot of them coming out from, from football. Let me ask you another follow-up question to that real quick. Did you play against anybody that ended up going to the NFL or had like a oh, big yeah. career? Yes, sir. Um, linebacker played running back uh, for Odessa. What was his name? He was a running back. Cannot remember the guy's name. Of course, you guys know about Booby. Uh, there are so many uh, that played. Who else was those us? Oh, you probably, you probably had a lot of them going to like university. Eighty-three through eighty-six. Eighty-three through eighty-six is when I played. So okay. I would have to I would have to give you a list of names. I could easily look them up, but uh, there were a number of guys that Britt Hager. That was his name. Okay, Britt Hager. He ended up playing for Texas, and then went on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles nice. as a linebacker, and he was a hellacious <laughs> running back. You're talking about a big white guy that would run over people like a train. Yeah. Awesome, man. We had some great players out that way. So when did your love for basketball first start? Uh, with my son. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> <After> you go. <laughs> After my son was born. You know, coming from West Texas and knowing uh, he would probably be raised in West Texas, I wanted him to be able to, to – to do something else besides football. And I wanted him to play football. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to see him put that hit on some folks. Yeah. But uh, I'm one that for my kid, I always wanted him to have choices. I didn't want him to be in that rut of you have to play football or you're not going to make it. I wanted my kid to have choices. So when I saw that he kind of drifted to basketball and some of the things that he began doing, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't help but, you know, help him. He was small. He always wanted to go to the basketball court and play. And, you know, most times if you go when he's six, seven, eight, they're not going to pick you. You're not going to find any time to play. So I told him, uh, learn how to dribble first, which is, you know, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm just harsh on with kids. You know, learn how to dribble, then we can talk anything else. Uh, and once he learned how to dribble pretty good, excuse me, the kid began to bounce the ball, bounce the ball. Now he wanted to go to – he still wanted to go to court. I said, nah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> If you start throwing that ball up on the house, I'll take you to the court. Until that ball starts bouncing on the house, you can't go to the court. It didn't take long till I got tired of hearing the do So he he got there real quick, and he just took off. Yeah. So if if Torian's really what got you into basketball, so you didn't play basketball at all throughout high school or anything like that? It was, it was strictly football? Strictly football. Well, okay. sorry, track. You know, in my uh, – in 83 and 85, myself, Don Hall, Clarence Bowman, 
and uh, another gentleman, you know, we set a uh, track score record. Um, I ran the mile relay, the uh, sprint relay, and the, the uh, quarter. So, you know, I was a track and football type person. I had the speed, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't shoot. I could play defense on basketball, but coach, <laughs> man, I tell you, I couldn't shoot. I yeah. couldn't shoot. I promise you. I tried to quit football my senior year. I got so mad. Coach, coach busting me down from first string to third string, teaching me a lesson. So I, you know, kind of kicked the football. I walked into coach's office and waited, had our conversation. I said, I'm gonna go play basketball. You know, I'm good enough. <laughs> Took about three days and coach brought me in the office and uh, told me I need to go back to football field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got to say, as a basketball player, I always hated it when the football guys would guard me because they're stronger, they're faster, but they didn't really know the rules necessarily, so they'd really muscle you up. And I swear to God, football players gave me the, mo- the most problems over basketball guys. I hated when football guys guarded me. The bullies, Absolutely. man. The bullies, bro. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I played defensive tackle and defensive end in high school, man, and I loved playing power forward. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. So being a dad myself, um, it's a special thing, and, you know, we obviously know that. You know, it's that fraternity yes, we're in, essentially, right? Um, and I know this might sound like a crazy question, but what kind of like things stood out about your son early on in his life that you remember? <laughs> early on, uh, yeah, he was a hustler, <laughs> and I mean, at an early age, you know, I get teachers coming back and telling me he's they're having issues with him uh, taking other kids' Pokemon cards, <laughs> you know. <laughs> In trading, seriously, trading Pokemon cards and really getting some, you know, at Pokemon cards at one point were real serious things. And somehow my kid hustled. He would take cards to school. He had it all booked out real nice. And, and by the time he came home, he had better cards and had traded for some unbelievable cards. And you're like, you know, how's he learned this? And, you know, as a father, you know, you may have a comfortable job or whatever it is you're doing, but there are things we have to pick up and learn and and, and be ambidextrous in some way with our kids, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and uh, he, he was one of those kids where uh, also coming up, you know, outside of when I say hustler, I mean, he, he, had, he was witty. Um, he thought well on his feet for a young man. So you never really know how your kids are watching you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth, man. I'll tell you, he, I'll tell you good. Up, he picks up real quick. He picks up real quick. Um, he's He was more quiet like his mom when he was with me. But uh, I heard, you know, I had to hear from friends and teacher that unbelievably he was just like that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He was very respectful. Um had issues and, and you know, when, when his mother and I separated with grades, studying and things of that sort. And once my, his mother and I worked things out, even though we were separated and went on to be divorced, uh, the, the, you know, as a parent, our, our duties were to the kids. Yeah. And we were able to not only keep all the kids close uh, that I've had with my wife and that I have outside of my wife, all of the kids are close as though they live together, the mothers, uh, they share time with the kids when they were young. It wasn't as though, well, your dad's over here and your daughter's over here. Uh, I was respectful enough and the kids were respectful enough 
to let us allow them to be together and make sure that they knew that they were sisters and brothers. So, you know, Torian grew up, growing up was a, uh, it was a heck of an experience as a father. And uh, I would not have been able to do what I did uh, without the help of his mother, of course, and uh, him listening. He's a very good listener. You know, I, I probably made him listen in some ways, but uh, I think he was the champion. All the kids were champs in, in the way that they took the messages and the, the lessons. If you don't mind sharing, can you share what some of those uh, struggles were with Torian growing up? Because I know that you went through uh, your situation with the homelessness and everything, and I think it's a really important story for our listeners to know. So can you give us a little background on maybe the buildup to that and how that all occurred? Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. You know, uh, when Torian's mother and I first split, not long afterward, first she stayed with me for a little while. Torian and I were, we were real close. And uh, I just could not put two and two together, job. I got in trouble my, my senior year at Southwest Texas State in San Marcos. Um, I was a criminal justice major, ended up being put on probation for 10 years. And uh, on the seventh year, uh, paying, being married, child support, I just said I couldn't do it. Wouldn't yeah. do it. Y'all can, can send me. <laughs> and I ended up having to go away for a year and a half. And uh, at that time when I made that decision, also my mother had uh, cancer. So uh, it went into remission and I knew uh, the choice was to go back on that probation or do that time and be able to come home quicker. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, my mother didn't let me know, no one let me know while I was away that uh, her cancer had come back. So uh, when I went home, you know, my mother kind of, came out the kitchen, she was crying and there was no hair. Uh, she had lost a lot of weight and uh, things just weren't, I was, my mind was gone. I didn't know what was going on. There was a, she, she told me herself, there was a letter on the wall that talked about uh, uh, when, they, when they're about to pass, there was something that no, don't resuscitate. And I didn't get it. It took me a couple of weeks. Long story short, uh, my mother had asked for Torian to come down. They were close. They were real close. You know, coming up, I had uh, I had left home. First time, I think it was about, I was 10. I asked to go stay with my father. <laughs> he picked up the phone, called him. <laughs> he came, and it wasn't what I thought it was. Alcoholic. Uh, I ended up having being placed elsewhere by him. And uh, went back home to my mother. Didn't take long before I, hey, send me back to that dad. Went back right. to dad, um, stayed there about 24 hours, and he never came back. <laughs> wow. So, uh, you know, I stayed there for about three or four days. Then I ended up having to go back to where I was staying before and told them they went and got my clothes. So I stayed there for a while. Um, my high school, that was high school about that time, my aunt and my uncle came and picked me up from uh, San Angelo. And I ended up staying with them to finish uh, my high school. My sophomore year, stayed with a couple other friends, parents. It was, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Uh, coming out, and that gives you kind of the frame of mind I had. So coming in school, being a criminal justice major, my goal was to be a police officer uh, with the goal and with the intent of really trying to help kids 
not having to go through what I went through and being better than. And I knew I had something special in me to give them. And I just kind of went too wayward, if that makes any sense. Getting back up to the point where my mother and Torian, uh, my mother wanted to see Torian before she passed. Um, I didn't have it together. I'm being straight with you. I didn't have it together. So uh, long story short, my Torian's mother sent him <laughs> against my wishes. And she sent him to stay with me. <laughs> so <laughs> this kid pops up and I'm hot. I'm mad. No one, not too many people know I had his two-year-old brother also with me at the time. His mother had done some things. So he was having, I was having to raise him. And Torian's there all of a sudden. And I'm dealing with my mother. I was just kind of lost. Right. Um, Torian, at the same time, I didn't know some of the things that his mother, Torian, for me, that's my baby. That's my boy. <laughs> you couldn't tell me that my kid was a bad kid. My kid said anything wrong. You couldn't tell me anything like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it took, I think it took me about 90 days to realize my kid wasn't an angel. You know, uh, from hot hands to hot mouth to fighting. I'm sitting in front of a judge, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Wait a minute. The film shows that the kid touched him two, three times. The film showed, and he walked away. So when he decided to turn around and fight the kid, I'm sitting in here in front of a judge? I mean, are we serious about this? And I had to learn at that point. My thinking was, yeah, nobody puts their hands on me, period. So I taught him the same thing. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, and... and, and from that point on, sitting in front of that judge, my thinking changed. Not because I was scared of my kid going to jail at the time. My thinking was, maybe this isn't the right way <laughs> to, yeah. to, to be thinking myself. And it started me to understand that everything that I, I felt, I just couldn't raise my kid that same way. Right. And I, I had to learn that <laughs> after I really learned that kid wasn't an angel, then, you know, I made the mistakes of raising him like I was raised with my mom, single parent. Uh, when she asked you to do something, you did it. <laughs> wasn't no smiling about it. When she got home at five o'clock, bathrooms, toilets, uh, if it was silver, it better be shiny. <laughs> if there was dishes, they better be put up. If they needed to cook, I knew how to go out. When I got tired of eating every kind of bean you could think of, from lima beans, the pinto beans, the black eyed peas, you name it. If I couldn't get the taste out, I'd go straight across the street, fish, <laughs> clean it, fry it up for me and my sister. Mom wow. come home, she's good. That's when I got tired of eating beans and things of that sort. So these, that work ethic and going after what you want, uh, I tried to pass on the Torian. Um, I tried to help him understand that nothing was going to be given to him. And even though it wasn't going to be given to him, if you want it, not just go after it, <laughs> you can get it. Right. There wasn't a doubt in my mind that said that anything that you wanted, you couldn't get. I believe that to this day. And all it takes is hard, hard work. Now, I realized late in life, you're not going to get everything. <laughs> yeah. But teaching him 
and not knowing that you couldn't get everything, not believing all that fully to this day. I mean, I, I just I just believe, and I have this this work this hard wherewithal within me. I'm blessed from the things that I made it through. Uh, my mother passed on some great skills and the things that she couldn't teach me, she tried to teach me. I learned about what she was talking about when I had my own children, which helped me to be more understanding. Uh, Torian coming to reside with me at the time he did, he was a lifesaver. He yeah. saved my life. Not just because he showed up and he was my son. My father, like I said, my father gave me away. And there was some things that happened with my mother. Like I said, I ended up staying with other folks. And I felt like that. And I didn't want Torian to feel like that ever. So when he wanted to stay with me, when we first separated, his mother and I, you can stay with dad. You know, yeah. when he tried, he tried to come with me uh, right before junior high and I was, I just didn't have a job and he had to go back home. So this time when she sent it, there was no, hey, you can't, you can't be here. Your grandmother's here. And when, we, when my mother passed on September the 11th, 2009, you know, we're dealing with the, uh, the the twin the towers the towers dropped that day my mother passed that morning i got i have a two-year-old i have this kid with me his mother comes for thanksgiving and he had got in trouble at school oh my god he just happened to put his hands on something and didn't put it back <laughs> and with me you that's a no-no right i mean that's a no-no and it was with a friend on thanksgiving day so i had to make sure and you can tell in this story we went back, we talked to that friend, we, we resolved the issue, and for the rest of that month, that, that friend of mine had four large pit bulls <laughs> in one backyard. For the rest of that month, every day Torian came home. Before he could come into my house, you gotta go and clean that mess up with them dogs, you gotta go feed each dog, and you make sure that you water each dog every day for the next month. Then you come home and you have nothing to do but study. I don't care if you don't have, we don't have anything to study. Find something, read something. Yeah. So we had, when he came home from that point every day, I didn't want to hear your grades are C's or D's. No, what do you have to do, kid? Yeah. You don't have a job. <laughs> right. Your job is school. Yeah. All you have to do Walk out of this house, walk into that building, pay attention, and you'll get paid with A's, B's, no C's. Not if you want to play basketball. And anytime he made a C, and when he first started, he came with the FDs and we worked on a, but believe me, anytime he came home with the C, we're going to talk to the coach. I don't want to talk about, oh, he's going to run some extra laps. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a leader here, seriously. And this yeah. is junior high. I don't care about him running. What I do care about is him being in those tutorials on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You got to see. Yeah. Okay, you're in tutorials four days out of the week. You got an F or D, you're in tutorials every day of the week. I have a sign sheet where that teacher is going to tell me every day how you were doing. Yeah. Every day. Let me get that. I'll sit in that classroom with you. Tori, <laughs> from elementary, junior high, and, and high school. You ask Tori. How many times I sat in his classroom? All <laughs> yeah, of my kids. I mean, it, it sounds like you laid down the law really quick. And I mean, you talk about the discipline side and what you taught him. But what about the day-to-day -day struggles, do you think, that he learned to uh, really 
become who he was? Like, what, what do you think that he learned from the day-to-day struggles? Uh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. From having, you know, after my mother passed, we ended up having to stay 30 days at Salvation Army. You know, I hate, I hate when people say we were homeless. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to be homeless. No roof, sleeping outside. That's homeless. We were blessed to have a roof. And during that period of time, you know, for two weeks of that, he got to go home and stay with his mother. You would think most kids, they wouldn't come back. Now, she came down for Thanksgiving because of that incident. I didn't let him go home for Thanksgiving. You're in trouble, kid. You got stuff to do here. Right. I had to explain that to his mother. She didn't like it, but it went, you know. Let's just say we had some help to get, (laughs) she had to go back home, but he was home for Christmas. He learned, he learned, you know, walking from the Salvation Army at 5.30 in the morning. We had to walk about a mile and a half, two miles. It's 30, 40 degrees outside. And let me tell you when I knew he was learning and picking up stuff from me. It was one day, man, we were walking. I'll never forget in my life. This kid is asking me questions. He's smiling. One, this is just that one morning. I'm like, you know, to me, life was just crap. I'm cold. I got to go back to this, this place at night. I don't feel like I'm adequately taking care of my son. I'm at the Salvation Army. Anthony Prince. I mean, I have some pride. And I was really, my ego was just shattered. It was shattered. That kid, (laughs) about the seventh or eighth question, I was just mad. I looked at him. I said, Torian, how can you keep talking so happily right now and asking me so many damn questions? This kid looked at me, man, and he said, Dad, you told me if I try hard enough, everything will be okay. This is in junior high. Man, I, I almost couldn't let him see it. You know, it brought a little tear. Yeah. But it changed my life too. You know, it made me, I had somebody finally who believed in me. Yeah. Period. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, there's a quote I read in an article how he never wanted to leave you and he didn't want you to be lonely. And, I mean, clearly that's a special bond when he's saying that when you're going through what you're going through. But as a dad, what do those words mean to you? And what action strategies or words were shown to earn that kind of respect from your son? Love. <laughs> First, it means, it means love. Uh, loyalty. And just uh, gratefulness and family. That was really, you know, I I had my kids and I love all my kids. But that particular, at that time, that day, you know, I had family. I had family, man. I had family no matter what I was going through. And I could be, it was the worst and we were happy. He was happy. I, I saw I was in I was in the dark. I was so far in the dark and trying to just maintain. You know, I was right. so in the dark. And that morning, everything he said, which were it was there were few words, but it meant the world. Cause he listened, he believed, and the things that I told him, 
he told me right back in that morning. It, it just brought my attention back to where it should be, which was grinding. It's yeah. cold, but it's okay. <laughs> There's light somewhere at the end of the tunnel, Dad. You know, you said it. So I had to, whoa, I had to slap myself a couple of times. And having somebody, I felt, outside of my fraternity, some of my fraternity brothers, believing me in that manner, uh, it was just nowhere but the sky's the limit. Yeah. The sky's the limit. That's the truth, man. We we uh, we seem to raise our kids the same way, Mr. Prince. I'm the same way with my kid, and and I'm always on them about not quitting so easily, and uh, you know, being the best kid he can be, being respectful, you know, all those things. And you're right when you uh, when you see your kids say those things that come from you, and you know that they get it. That's like an enormous moment because you know how much of a difference maker you are to that kid, and that's huge. Um, I have the utmost respect from for you for talking today so far. It's amazing, like the story is unbelievable. And and obviously, you know, he took all of those traits, your traits, and he's in the NBA now, which is unbelievable. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you got me, buddy. <laughs> you got you got me for sure. I, I'm definitely choking up a bit right now. Um, let's talk about sports for him. And what uh, when did you notice he really had a gift for basketball? Woo! I uh, was his assistant coach when he was uh, about, I think he was seven, eight years old for the YMC in Arlington. At that time, we lived in Arlington, Texas. And uh, like I said, I finally got tired of the basketball on the, on the roof. <laughs> yeah. And I had made a promise to him. So it was time to go to the court. And uh, I was the assistant coach that year. And this kid had handles that... I'm, I, I was I'm, I, the way I'm stuttering right now <laughs> was the way I felt when I first saw him in practices and, and games. It blew me away, and it, I had to stop and realize this kid isn't going to play football. He was his handles and the way he did things with the ball. The first time we took the court was just a little bit ahead of a number of others who had been playing for a while. And the second year, I was the coach. Matter of fact, even the first year, I took him out. They lost one game. And there was the one game where the coach didn't show and I was the head coach. <laughs> I had parents upset with me <laughs> because I took my kid out. <laughs> and I was trying to make sure that other kids got, got into play. I really was. And... Uh, I made sure that my son didn't get all the glory and et cetera. And in doing so, the team caught up with us, and we lost by one point. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of many parents that particular day. And uh, the second year, I was, his, I was the head coach, and this young man just had – he had something for a kid that all he did was sit outside, dribble, and bounce the ball on the roof. This kid had something and it, you could just see it. And from that point on, I knew, I knew at eight or nine, this kid was going to be special in it. Now, when he was before junior high, his uncle on uh, his mother's side came to me and he said, he called me. He said, say Prince, Tori and I just told him, what was he going to do when he got, when he grew up? And this is before junior high. This is like 10 or 11, bro. He said, He's going to play in the NBA. My mother always taught me, you know, 
speak it into existence. I'm a firm believer in it. I, I really am. And uh, I went to him. I wanted Torian to get his college degree. Never thought, and to this day, the NBA was not a goal. Right. Never was a goal. I didn't sit there like Le, uh, the ball father or somebody else's father. I'm putting this Negro in the NBA. No. <laughs> Got a lot of them in the NBA. They don't right. last long. You get paid, you bless, bless, you know, you blow your money. My goal was for him to get his college degree so that he could have choices. I never thought about um, my, my, my main goal in life for my kid was NBA. Now, when I talked to him and he said, Dad, I want to play in the NBA. I said, Tori, what if you get hurt? What are you going to want to do outside behind the NBA? He goes, I don't know, Dad. I just want to play in the NBA. <laughs> From that point on, I knew my kid would be in the NBA. Um, you can tell people when, when I remember when Co Coach Scott Drew called me from Baylor and the assistant, well, the assistant called me first because he had switched, he had signed with uh, LIU his junior year. I, know, I won't even speak about that. <laughs> we had some words on that one because he did it afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God, never let your kid go along when he thinks he's hype. That was crazy. It was crazy. That's what I wanted to He came back, man. He came back and... I spoke to the assistant one day, and then he said he'd have uh, Scott Drew. I don't know who Scott Drew is. You know, I know Baylor University, though. And I called him, and I swear we stayed on the phone for an hour. When it came to the discussion about the NBA, that was the last thing we talked about. And Coach Scott Drew said, Mr. Prince, I can't promise you that he'll be in the NBA. But I can promise you that if he follows the rules that we have and that if he applies 95% of himself to his studies, 85% of himself to basketball and that small 10 to 15 that's left over, kind of a social life, he said, I can promise you he'll graduate. Yeah. Where do we sign, coach? Where do we sign? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, the rest is history, sir. Yeah, and I love that you always preach to get your degree to your son because I'm a high school coach myself, so I kind of understand how parents, how some of these parents are with their kids. They all think they're going pro. They all think they're going to, you know, go Division One, and that's just not the case. But yes, sir. For, for you to engrave that early in his mind, I think that really helped him take small uh to set smaller goals to reach the ultimate goal and i think that's really important um but what i wanted to ask about the recruiting process what fatherly advice did you give torian and i mean was it the discussion that you had with coach drew about the degree that separated him from other coaches that you talked to yes sir okay and uh, yeah and uh what i want to ask is what's it like to be a father in, during the NCAA tournament, how stressful is that whole experience when your son's playing, you know, in the first round, second round? I got, I got to ask. We've never had, we've never yep. been able to ask this question before. Can I really tell you? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. It is stressful. It is fun. 
It is energetic. When we talk about the NCAA tournament, March Madness, just being a part of the whole shebang is 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 just overwhelming. Overwhelming. Whether they lose, win, draw, the 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 parents, the hype, the the going against each other, the crap talking. <laughs> it is just one ball of big energy. And I don't I, I I've yet, even being at, at basketball games, man, I've yet, you know, it's it's different going in to Kentucky, you know, and sitting there at Indiana or uh, in Maine, and you're playing Yale. Really, we're, we're, we lost to Yale, but I'm, you know, and, and Tori didn't tell you about rebounds. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite interview of all time. I can't wait to ask him about that. But that is, uh, that's my favorite interview of all time, man. I loved it. I Bro, loved when it. I seen when I seen that interview, <laughs> I did. I put my head in my hands, and I was like, Oh, this is my child. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is easily my favorite interview of all time. Uh, I got to ask, out of all the losses in, in the NCAA tournament, for you personally, not Torian, but for you personally, was there a loss that hit harder? Would it be that loss to Yale in a senior year, or would it be the year before when they made that deep run? Yale. Yeah. For me, for me, it was, it was that particular game. Uh, you know, there was a lot of things going on this junior year. People felt this. I felt this about him not starting. starting. When he got to a certain point, oh, you're supposed to be starting. No, 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 son. Uh-uh. No, no, no. If they don't want to start you then, don't start now. Because everybody's watching you now. And you're coming off the bench doing what you're doing. Go for the six. I'm telling you, it was planned, brother. Go for that six-man-of-the-year award. Don't worry about starting. We'll know we'll catch it on the senior year. And then they went deep his junior year. And to, to not come back that senior year and do, I felt like they should have, was just a heartbreaking. Uh, it was a great game. It was just heartbreaking. Um, it wasn't that it was just Yale. It was the fact that it ends here. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. that was it. Now you got to go work for your money, kid. <laughs> and that, and that's a great segue because I wanted to ask you what the draft process was like, um, preparing for the draft. Where did where did where did you guys think he was going to land? Like, was it high first round, mid first round? Like, what were what were scouts telling you? Like, take us through that. You know, as a dad, take us through that that development of that. Um, it was crazy. Um, Stressful. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I think it's one of the suckiest things to go through dealing with some of the suckiest people you could have to deal with. And you, I'm giving you my honest opinions. No, I, I love think, it. Love it. I think most agents suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're salesmen. Uh, I don't care about the job that they can do. I do care about the kids, my kid, and their lack of understanding about their job and they come in knowing they have the job and they get paid, you know, some of them get paid a lot of money, whatever it is, most of them are getting way more than they're ever used to. And most of them, they'll sit there and tell you one thing, they'll look you dead in the eyes, I just want to play basketball. I have a lot of curse words for that because now you're, you're, you're allowing somebody to run your business 
and you're paying them and you don't even know your job. Right. You know how to play basketball, but that doesn't end as your job. And unfortunately, you know, uh, culturally, it happens to a number of our kids just because the numbers of us that are in black people that are in the NBA, but across the board, these kids go in just wanting to play the game and getting better. And they let my opinion, not all, but a good amount of them. They, they, they're sitting there like attorneys, man. They're dredging the bottom and they're sucking and they're looking for all the, tra- they're, they are trashy. Yeah. But if they can get 2% of 3 million, uh, 10% of whatever it is, if they can just make it look like they're doing something for you, most of the time they're sitting on their butts waiting for you to do something that somebody will notice so that they can get paid instead of picking up the freaking phone and doing their job and getting you more than what you should be having specifically just from the NBA. These kids, are, you have 60 kids drafted every year. I, t- I looked at touring and that, excuse me, I looked at the 14 people that were drafted with him. Woo! And yeah. this third year, you can go back and check his stats. I think I had him at six in his third year. Everybody that was drafted that year, one through 14. Now, if you'll go back and look at that one through 14, see, look, look and see where they're at. And go back 10 years. Look at where those one through 14 kids are. And these kids don't realize if you don't get that second extension, your NBA days might be over. Yeah. And, and those are amazing points. And I, I wanted to ask really quick about the business of the NBA, because you just kind of touched on it and how you're dealing with some of the, um, I, I guess, slimiest people out there when it comes to agents. What did they, what did you look for to earn their trust in who you worked with? Because I know that there's a lot of lies and a lot of, um, you know, promises that can't be kept. So what did you as a dad look for to say, Hey, this is who we want to go with. In the beginning, I looked at uh, family. Torrance real, real, real uh, headstrong about making sure, you know, dad, mom, sister, uh, himself, his wife, his kids, okay. That's what I was looking for. Uh, Kind of a mistake, kind of a mistake. You know, it's hard to get a sense of some of these guys in a a 30 minute conversation or an hour conversation. you really have to go with kind of knowing some of these guys. And I didn't, uh, I tried to, and you know, in early in the early on, uh, my son and I, or he realized that, you know, it's probably not a good idea to have dad right now, uh, helping me with this. Cause I'm, as you can tell, I'm headstrong. I don't care how much money you have. I don't have any, so I don't have anything to lose. He's my kid. And like I tell them all, you can say what you want. You can stream along. He might believe you right now, but when it comes down to it, I'm still going to be his father. But when he finds out who you really are, bye-bye. Yeah. And you won't get to talk to him again. I had to realize, oh, I was hurt probably the first year he played ball because I wasn't part of the business thing. And I could see things going on that I don't care how much business knowledge you don't have. There are some things you grow up just knowing. And it doesn't take a goddamn rocket scientist to see some of the things the agents do are lack thereof that as a, as a business person, you're, you're like, why? 
why? You know, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah. uh, he's a grown man now, so uh, he has to make his decisions. He has to make those choices. And, you know, as we go, and I've been a little bit more quieter, he, come, he comes back to me and says some things he sees, and he's handling them different than I would have preferred, but he sees them. Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um, I want to ask you this because I know this had to have been an unbelievable special day. Talk to us about the actual draft day. <sighs> that was beautiful. Right. <laughs> that was the icing on the cake, man. It was uh, knowing he's going to be a lottery pick. And I, I think uh, your, your man asked me earlier uh, the process that we went through, uh, him being a lottery pick, what we thought. It was amazing going through and hearing all of the BS. The one thing I grew up and my aunt, my uncle, and my mother taught me real well was how to interview. How to sit there, look somebody dead in the eyes, or look at the top of their head, whatever it is, and you think you make them think you're looking them in the eyes and you give them them straight answers. Don't try to string it along in BS, but you make sure you answer the answer the, the questions clearly, responsibly, thought out. Practice them in the mirror. Make up your own darn questions, kid. But don't sit there and sound like a dummy. He went in there knowing, realizing he wasn't the best athlete shooter that, that there was. But he also knew he could interview well. And I know sitting in there, sitting in any meeting, if you're looking, people were saying he was going to be 30, maybe 31, 26. Um, 15, 16 was the highest they had it. Yeah. Nobody thought he'd make, well, I won't say nobody. A good number of folks didn't think he'd be a lottery pick. And we talked about this until the end. You're going to shine when you sit there and you tell them who you are. You're going to shine, not just because you can play. I mean, where you don't play well, people are not only looking for great basketball players. They're looking for people who are going to do well with their crowd, be able to do community service be able to speak well to these people and represent teams with some common knowledge, not somebody that's going to come here and sit and, uh, yeah, uh, uh, does. And I, you know, you get enough of BS on TV with rappers and all of this stuff that people want to be and want to, you know, put your hand, pants hanging down. I don't care what color you are. There's one way to be a man. And there's not just one way you got to go about it, but being a man is being a man. Being respectful, carrying yourself well. You know, you know about manhood. You deal with scholarship. You persevere and you uplift your next man. You can't go wrong with those things. And if you sit there in, any, in front of anyone and you, if you're able to tell somebody that and let who really are inside, man, I tell you what, you interview anybody, you be that way and you're a good athlete, what team wouldn't want you? Yeah. yeah, you just got to go in and shoot some balls, make some, play some defense, so they'll keep you. But a yeah. good part of Torian's uh, makeup, I, I just, I, I'm not a basketball player, so I can't say, oh, Torian's all 100% basketball. No, a great part of Torian is just being a good young man. Yeah, that's huge. I'll tell you something that I think is interesting is we get to, you know, get to interview a lot of former players. We're really grateful that we are able to be able to do that. And some of them definitely talk about the business side of the sport. And some of it was, it, it got them down. They didn't want to do it anymore because they felt like it was, they were cattle and all this other stuff. But you bring up great points that a lot of these other guys do is either making an investment in you. 
You know what I mean? And and the return on their investment by the way you are, the way you represent, like you said, where they represent their team, represent their company. You're absolutely right. I mean, because it's not about also just being a good basketball player. Are you a good teammate? You know what I mean? Are you, like you said, are you good in the community? That goes a long way. I mean, being good in the community brings everything up. So not just being a good basketball player, you could be a great basketball player and have awful chemistry with your team. You know what I mean? You taught him yep. some great. You taught him some great values, man, and, and it it's, it really shows because those are the type of things that bring you up into that next level. And the stuff that he learned from you at an early age, he's applying now, and that that's where the proud dad definitely comes in because you're seeing that you know he's he's doing the stuff that you would always hope he did, and he's doing it on his his terms, like you talked about, where you you know like he had to make those decisions. It might not be exactly what you wanted, right? I'm the same way with my kid, but but you know that like you can trust him to be his own man now, which is amazing. Yes, sir. Very and, true. Uh, you, uh, you answered my next question, which was going to be, what was the best fatherly <laughs> advice that you can give Torian? But I mean, everything that you just said is like such great advice to really help him as, in his professional career. And I got to say, I feel like coming off the bench in college has really made him just do what's best for the team. And I think that's another thing that's really helped him throughout his career is that he just gives to whatever the team needs. And that's what I've always loved about him. Um, but what I wanted to ask, nobody really talks about the struggles for family members, you know, with the business of the NBA and like free agency and trades. So, I mean, can you maybe talk about how like trades and free agency affects the family members of NBA players? I mean, what, I mean, what's it like going through a trade and things like that? Um, wow. That's the first time I've been asked that one. Good one, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is darn right, to be honest. Uh, it's a horrible feeling. Because for me, as a father, I felt like, I felt like my son felt like he didn't do enough uh, to be able to remain where he was. And although, you know, He's had a coach, a brand new coach every year. He's been in the NBA. Yeah. And people don't think that it makes a difference when you, you know. Anyway, um, it's it's harsh because I can't really go to him and say, hey, man. Well, I have. I, I've asked him and I don't like asking him. And we don't we don't really discuss it. You know, I'll, I'll call I'll call his agent up at the last minute and say, OK, you know, what the such and such is going on <laughs> because we don't talk about it. He's uh he's of the mindset, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'll knock it out the box when it comes my way. And at the same time, I know in his heart, you know, he didn't want to leave Atlanta. Right. He, he did not like that he was told one thing and Trey Young came along. He loves Trey Young. But some all in water don't mix sometimes. And then when you think you're supposed to be doing the next thing, and you're supposed to be making your step up and you've been told one thing and then somebody else comes and just blows the doors off. Now, Trey came in like an Indian and he took everything like he should have. That's his right. game. So they wanted to build around him, not Tory. And at the same time, as a father, I can see because I'm on the outside looking in. There are some things you don't do as good as you should do. You know, there's a reason for the trade, son. Let's talk about it. You know, let's really talk about it. Uh, your opportunities, you, you started every year you've been in the NBA. And at times you're okay. And then at other times, people are wondering where the heck you are. Uh, 
you, you, I know what's going on at home, but when he goes to that job, he's beginning to understand it's, it's kind of hard to know all the hype that's going on around you. Um, not feeling, feeling the expectations for the position you're playing in or that night or whatever the case may be. And you can't help, help but hear your fans. So I know my son and his mother's great because he'll talk to her. He won't talk to me about a lot of things like that. But they have that, that bond when it comes to him letting some things off his, off his chest. But when it comes to uh, something that's seriously going on in basketball, you know, I, I text him. Have time. I let him know how if he's sucking. <laughs> I tell him if he's doing good. Uh, and he'll, you know, sometimes he'll be like, "Okay, know what you understand what you're saying," but it's 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 real hard to know. Uh, you may be traded for whatever reason, and your heart's somewhere else. And then this past this past year, you know, all the hype and all the talk, and you know, he was saying, "Pops." Whatever happens, you know, if they trade me, cool. If not, I mean, I don't want to go anywhere. He said, I, he, and his words were, I'll come off the bench. I don't have a problem coming off the bench. I mean, look at who I'm coming off the bench behind. You know what I'm getting at? And yeah. at the same time, I'll tell you, I'll be straight up with you. Hey, Joe Harris, it's on. It's on. <laughs> it's on, brother. Yeah. It's on. <laughs> it's a grind. And if my son wants to get on the court, he knows how to get on the court. Joe Harris, his own. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I mean, what better way to make your teammates better than to push them? You know, I mean, that's yeah, not just a sport. You want to push each other. And, you know, I'm sure Joe Harris is thinking the same thing about Torian, you know? <laughs> so hopefully, you got to eat, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. But that's that's how you make teams better. That's how you make each other better. And, uh, you know, I, I got to ask um, – what kind of fan is dad at the games? Are you the loud fan? Are you the quiet fan? Are you the trash talking <laughs> fan? I mean, what, what, what kind of fan is dad? Oh my God. <laughs> we already know. <laughs> oh my God. I wish you wouldn't ask that one. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you like this. And I've been like this since junior high. At one of his football games in junior high, I informed the ref on one of his calls that when the game was over, I knew he was going to stop at the county country down the street and I talked to him there. Didn't think anything about what I said. Didn't think it was a threat, you know, <laughs> until a police officer came up behind me with a print. <laughs> <That's laughs> so amazing. that tells you what kind of dad I am. I've been at, uh, at every game. There's his senior year. I made every game for my daughter, his, his, my sis, his sister. They're the same age, a few months ahead. <laughs> And I made each game, all of their games their senior year. And this was the one time where I got to be that person. When it, I don't care if it was Kentucky. I don't care if it was uh, Kansas. I don't care if it was University of Texas. You're going to hear me. Yeah. If you don't like me, I don't care. I'm that kid's dad. I'm that kid's dad. I'm that kid's dad. And if it was a sucky call, I'm going to let you know. If I don't, I'm telling you, if you're rooting against my kid, I'm going to let you know I'm there. We're rooting for him. I'm all Baylor. I'm all in. You can't shut me up. <laughs> you know, we got, we got the passionate dad. That's what we got. I love That's that. me, brother. <laughs> you know what the, you know what the best part about that is? I'm not going to lie. I'm that dad too. And, I, and it was so hard not to like, cause see, I coach my kid. 
So it was easier to be that dad when you're the coach. But then <laughs> when you're not that dad, you're not coaching your kid. Like the last year he played soccer. Oh, boy. <laughs> you just know, like, you're saying stuff and other parents are looking around at you and you're like, you're trying to bite your tongue a little bit more. And I just, oh, yeah, forget it. Hey, hey man, um, don't stop, brother. You know, though, right? You know when you play football, about. whichever end of the football field they want, I'm down there. Oh, yeah. Wherever he's at, I'm down there. The only reason I couldn't move when he played college ball, because <laughs> you got all these people in the rows and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was but the same, I'm, I'm I was the same way. Dude. <laughs> same way with soccer. I did the same thing, man. I was at one end, the other end. I'm telling them where to go. I'm like the coach that's not on the field, you know, <laughs> but I was nowhere near the coaches. Thank God. But yeah, <laughs> do me a favor. Let's uh, let's talk about the National Kids Hoops Association. Tell, yes, us, the good, tell us the good you're doing with that. Uh, it is. Uh, it's It's my second dream. <laughs> you know, I, again, like I told you in, in college, I wanted to be a police officer. And my, my outlook was really, really strong about helping kids. I went through some things that I wouldn't want kids to go through. Um, had to stay with various people for various reasons. And some things occurred that you just shouldn't happen have, have happened as a child. So National Kids Hoops Association, which my wife, uh, Kawana Prince, has just been so helpful. We wouldn't be where we are without it. We're a nonprofit organization. Our goal, uh, and we tell a lot of people, we're more than just basketball. We want to reach out and help parents understand, single parents, couples, understand that their kids cannot succeed without them. If you're looking to come to us, and have your kids get the basics from five through 12. We want to help you get the foundation, which is that, that passing, that dribbling. And if we can get through those two things, I might talk to you about shooting. But in between getting that passing and that dribbling, there's some motivation about life. There's some understanding and, and discussions, that life discussions that will help you in the classroom. We don't want parents to do what they usually do and drop your kids off and go their way and he's going to learn how to shoot the ball. Wrong place, wrong people. I won't have it. I'll tell you in a second, if you think your kid can go get somewhere else or you want him on a team that's going to win every time, man, there's no, it's not that I don't want your child to be a part of the National Kids Hoops Association, but I do want your child and the parents to be a part of this, not just the child. These kids nowadays, in my opinion, have the, the parents have that old school drop off mentality where they're praying and they think when they drop that kid off in a classroom of 25 to 30 kids, that kid's okay. I, I think it's unfair to the child and it's unfair to the teacher. I think we're, what we're trying to do is help those kids who may not be a basketball star, help those kids who they might not even play on a high school basketball team, but they enjoy the game. <laughs> we want you to be able to come and play. Yeah. From that, from that you have kids, a grassroots just a, a opportunity for kids who just, they may be autistic, but if you want to play this game, if you want to get out there and run up and down the court and feel what it's like to have that joy of just playing with another team and, and rooting for a teammate and just being able to get out there and have some fun, whether you make every shot or not, that's National Kids Association. That's, that's National awesome. Kids Association. And if we can include the parents in this, in this life journey, in this, this little learning 
they come thinking it's just basketball. They leave understanding we're more than just basketball. You're making a difference. That's yes, amazing. Sir. Absolutely. Hey, let's do a quick lightning round. It's a one or two word answer thing. Zach's going to ask you a bunch of questions. Lightning round ain't easy. Zach, you want to take it away? My first question to you is, how many Torian Prince jerseys do you have, and how do you decide which ones to wear on game day? Woo! Oh, baby, how many do I have? About 10? <laughs> I have every <laughs> I have every jersey. <laughs> every every Torian Prince jersey from the Atlanta Hawks. If it's different, I have it. I, you know, I, the, now, how, when do I, <laughs> he said, when do I wear the games? Unfortunately, because I'm about 200 and, well, I'm about 240 now, normally about 250, 260. <laughs> I can't get those jerseys to look nice. You know what I'm saying? Slim fit and everything. So they're a little tight. So I keep them in my closet, all hidden, all clean, tagged up and everything. I plan on hanging them in my, my man cave one day. <laughs> nice, nice. That, that, so I've won one, one. Was it Brooklyn Nets or Atlanta Hawks? Atlanta Hawks jersey, the last year he was there. And then I put it back up. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> hey, that, that's going to be a sweet man cave. I'm, I'm going to have to see a picture of that man hey, cave. Hey, I can't wait, bro. <laughs> uh, what, what was the more emotional day, graduation day or NBA draft day? Graduation. I thought you might say that. Baylor University graduation. NBA, here today, gone tomorrow. But that degree, I can look at it every day. I love that. I love that. Um, How many Dad of the Year awards or coffee mugs do you have? (laughs) None. (laughs) Oh, you got to have a lot. I mean, come on. You got to have. Okay. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Nope. What's your favorite basketball memory if you had to pick one of your son? Oh, my gosh. That's a loaded question, I know. Um, Atlanta, I think it was year three, two, no, I think it was year three. I don't know what was going, he was spilling it one night, man. He hit about six, six or seven three-pointers. I mean, he was just pulling up, loading it, ta-ta, and the fans <laughs> were like, shoot, shoot, and he's way, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he was busting that ass, excuse me, he was, he, he was hitting him. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're oh, no, you're good. We, no, anything flies on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he was on my fantasy team the last three years. So I definitely appreciated that game for sure. So. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final question to you is, what do you want your listeners to learn or take away from your story? I think our story is is one of, like like many others, uh, I tell a lot of folks, uh, I've told a couple of agents, owners, owners that own the business, you know, if it wasn't for my son, you really wouldn't be sitting here talking to me right now. So let's really get down to it about what you really want. And I'm no, I know I'm not a part of it. And uh, for me, I would want people to understand that the, the NBA and families to understand that the NBA is a business. As much as I talk about agents and et cetera, they're there for a reason. Uh, a number of of agents are good and they help kids. Uh, But I think parents that see that their child might make the NBA or G League in nowadays need to become more aware of the business, need to learn the business and not go in uh, so, so jaded 
You know, um, I think a lot of parents look at the money that can help the family instead of looking at how they can help themselves. And then you think you take that pressure, that pressure, and you put it on that kid. And all of a sudden it's not about basketball anymore. You know, and I think if a lot, again, we're trying to help the kids at the young age and parents really start at a young age knowing this. So by the time you get there, there's not a question about what needs to be done. It's simple. And, and, and then you get mad. People get mad. NBA players get mad after the fact when they see where the money went. And all you have to do is educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're not just a bank now. You're a business. And I don't think a lot of kids and parents uh, take on that responsibility like they should. And I really wish uh, people and parents that are, are considering and have kids that, that stand out, even if your kid doesn't stand out, you know, the NBA is not a life thing for anyone, but education is. And I think that always needs to be first and foremost, <laughs> quit looking at the icing on the cake <laughs> and look at what's inside the cake and let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to say to you from one dad to another, uh, I learned a lot today and I appreciate you very much. So, I mean, uh, it was a great conversation we had with you today and, and, uh, I really hope a ton of people listen to this and I know um, you affected me today and I appreciate you for that. Zach, before we let Mr. Prince out of here, is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I just want to echo what you said. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. We learned a lot today. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Torian throughout his Baylor days and it's been a joy to follow his professional careers. In his, so, I mean, it's just really nice to be able to pick your brain and understand what a dad goes through through some of these guys' career because we never get that perspective. And to hear your story is incredible, and uh, we just can't thank you enough. Likewise, man, likewise. I have an opportunity. It's it's a blessing. You have to be – you have to share it, man. And what you guys are doing, <laughs> you're doing the right thing. Just You know, you're trying just like I am and have an opportunity to share it. And you guys get – whether one, one person, and I reach one person, maybe two, I've done the right thing. And I'm just hoping you guys continue doing what you're doing. Torian continues to do what he's doing. And – you know, maybe we'll all touch some people in, in in some form or fashion before we leave this place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, stay safe out there. We appreciate you. So take care of yourself. Enjoy your week. All right, my friend. Stay safe, sir. Thank you. Take Thank care. You. Wow. That was incredible. That, what Dude, a great that was, that was definitely the the one that hit home so far to me. Yeah, that's one of the deepest conversations we've had from start to finish um, to hear what, what he went through and what he and Torian went through and just to kind of hear about Torian's journey through his dad's perspective. Uh, that, that is something that really hits home because those are the stories we don't get to hear about. And uh, that was just different than any other podcast we've done. And yeah. that's, I just really appreciate him being so honest and open about everything. That was, that was incredible. Yeah, it was, it, you know, being a dad, you know, it hit home for me really hard and it was awesome. And, uh, appreciated his honesty more than anything. And, uh, he, um, he's really right with a lot of stuff. It, it doesn't matter where you starts, where you finish. And, and there's always silver linings in anything, no matter what goes wrong in your life. And I think that was the biggest thing I took from the conversation when he was walking with his dad, you know, from the, from the Salvation Army. I think they were going to school. I think that's where he was walking to. And his kids just asking questions, smiling, having a good time, not understanding the severity of 
where they're staying, what's going on, what's happening. And uh, it, it just shows you, you know, no matter how tough your life is or what's going on in your life, there's always some good in there. And there's always some good that you can build upon. And there's always, like he said, and, and this was, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything else in this, in this uh, pod about this episode, other than um, when he talked about, um, man, I'm so choked up right now. Sorry. Um, when he talked about not being homeless yeah. and how people don't understand being homeless means you're sleeping outside. And as long as you have a roof over your head, you're technically not homeless. That was huge. That was, uh, that was heavy. So, um, I appreciate him being on. I appreciate all of our listeners listening. Um, you know, sharing, we're still charting in France. We're, we're 21 on the charts in France. It's mind boggling. It blows my mind. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're grateful. Both of us already know that for a fact. Thank you guys. Anytime you guys can leave a review, give us some stars. That makes an enormous difference. We get these great interviews. Um, and this is, it was great to have a, a, a dad of an NBA player, a current NBA player. We've never had that before. It's neat. We got some more surprises for you guys coming up in the next couple months, but um, what a joy it was to talk to Mr. Prince today. Yeah, anything, absolutely. Anything you want to add before we get out of here, my brother? I, I'm kind of like you, man. Uh, it just hit close to home. It's just a story that is very unique. And I just hope that everybody can learn from this. And I, everybody should listen to this. Uh, big fan of Torian, big fan of his, of Anthony. I'm so happy that we were able to talk to him today. And I just can't thank him enough. Yeah, absolutely. So not my house is out of your house. Peace. Peace.